Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast. The show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After nearly 10 years of building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who have been in it too, and I want to share all of that with you. So sit back, fill your coffee cup up, and listen in. Before we dive in, I wanted to invite you to join us for Quotable Magazine's Summer Issue Launch Soiree in Boston as we celebrate the launch of the summer issue featuring powerhouse women of Boston. Quotable Magazine is serving up the celebration of the summer on June 7th, and we want you to be there. Come celebrate women in Boston that are paving the way for others in their industry and get a copy of Quotable Magazine's new summer issue. Mix and mingle with powerful women of Boston and celebrate female entrepreneurship within our city. Grab your tickets today. I'll be sure to link them in the show notes. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome back. I'm so happy to have Elisa Schmitz, the founder and CEO of 30seconds.com and the author of the new book, Become the Fire, Transform Life's Chaos into Business and Personal Success on here with us today. Elisa, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Alessandra. It's so fun to be here with you today. I am really excited to talk to you. I know that I just kind of gave like the the super quick overview of what you do, but you've done a lot. Um, It sounds like you have such an interesting entrepreneurial journey and like you've done a lot of things that have led you up to the point of writing this book that you just released. Um, So I'm really excited to dive into all of that and hear more about everything. I want to hear about everything you've done. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much for How much time do we have? <laughs> I know that's always the problem. Literally oh. the problem. I'm like, okay, so how can we fit your whole life <laughs> into 30 minutes? But yeah, why don't we start by, I guess you give us a little, like, obviously I just said your titles, but give us a little bit um, of the overview of what your entrepreneurial journey has been. How did you get from, you know, wherever you can, wherever you want to consider your start and to what you're doing now. And I know, yeah, you can touch on some of the things in between, um, or we can always go back and fill in more details and I ask more questions. That sounds great. Yeah, no, it's, you you hit the key word, which is journey. And it's been such a journey. And obviously you can go way back to childhood, but I will not bore you with those (laughs) stories. Um, But basically, becoming an entrepreneur, you know, happened from a personal need in my own life, which I think is going to sound familiar to many entrepreneurs out there. Um, So I was expecting my first child. I had recently graduated with my master's degree from Northwestern University uh, in journalism. So I was starting my career as a journalist. And, you know, I was expecting my first child and was insatiably curious about this new life growing inside me and, you know, this whole new life stage, right? Like what's going on with the baby? What's going on with my body? Like I had so many questions. Mm -hmm. And at the time when I looked around, you know, for information, there was very limited resources about pregnancy, believe it or not. Um, it was a time when, you know, and I was a journalist, I was actually looking for a magazine. I wanted a magazine that would arrive at my doorstep and tell me all about, you know, my pregnancy, my baby, et cetera. And so when I couldn't find one, I, I basically, you know, decided to make one myself. 
Mm. Um, I did a lot of, you know, research to make sure the idea was a good one. I did a survey among pregnant women. I, you know, interviewed all the sort of pregnancy professionals like my OB and childbirth educators and people like that. And I decided that there was a market for this product. So I went about and created it myself and then put it up online as, you know, a website, like a companion to the magazine. And of course the website, and of course the the website is what took off. Mm. So started, you know, kind of building out the website and um, soon realized that, you know, my pregnancy users were going to need baby information and then toddler information. So I went from having a pregnancy website to having a a parenting website, which was called iParenting.com and grew that company um, to be kind of one of the most highly regarded parenting websites on the web, um, getting all kinds of accolades from, you know, various outlets. And so that drew the attention of other media companies and it ended up being acquired by the Walt Disney company. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. And then I got to work for Disney, which was a really great experience because I went from being this fast moving, you know, fast running entrepreneur to working at one of the world's biggest media companies. And like life was very different. You know, the way you do things is very different and it's very slow as opposed to very fast. So it was a great experience for me um, to learn how to work within bigger organizations. Um, And then around like later on during that time uh, was the rise of mobile. And I started to notice that every single, you know, person I knew, including myself um, and particularly moms, which was kind of the way that I was looking, you know, at the world through this lens of a, a mom, we were all using our smartphones, you know, to kind of run our lives. They become our new personal assistants. Mm-hmm. So I started to think about the fact that smartphones and mobile devices are the new frontier in terms of media. And so I needed to solve the problem of how to communicate with moms effectively and efficiently on their mobile devices and thought about how we nobody has any time anymore. And the fact that when you're on your phone, you know, everything is vying for your attention. So you don't have a lot of time before something else pulls you away, whether it's a text message mm-hmm. or, you know, an you know, a a calendar alert or whatever, Um, you know, like a social media notification. So I started thinking about, you know, 30 seconds being the optimal amount of time because we've been trained by TV to absorb a a, a message and a call to action in 30 seconds. So it became my first iteration of that business was called 30 Second Mom. Mm. And we were delivering, you know, great, credible, interesting, engaging content you know, that you could uh, read or view on video in about 30 seconds. And so that became the, you know, kind of the next step in the journey, building out 30 Second Mom and eventually um, grew it to rebrand as 30seconds.com, which is more of a digital lifestyle media platform that has multiple content categories and not just mom. In fact, um, you know, we've grown to be more, uh, I think, known for our food and health content than anything at this point. Um, and yeah, and so then I'll get to the, the last point of the journey. I'm, I'm getting there. Sorry, hang in there with me. No, I'm loving it. I just, I'm just trying to hold myself back from diving into <laughs> questions about all of this because okay. I do want to hear the rest, but yeah. Okay. So, you know, as I'm doing, you know, 30 seconds building that out, I, I also have been um, serving as a mentor and I'm part of this organization at my alma mater, Northwestern where it's called the Council of 100. And we, you know, come to campus and we mentor students and young alumni. And so at one of these events, 
on campus, I was telling that exact story that I just told you. And after I finished the story, um, one of the first questions I got from one of the students was, how did you do it? Mm. And I was like, oh dear, you know, how am I going to answer that question? <laughs> because it's such a great question, right? It's like this, it's, it's a great story, but then, you know, the takeaway for the reader or the, or the listener is, you know, how can I do that? So I started to think about, you know, I, of course I answered the question in the moment. Um, but then after that event, I was really just, I couldn't let it go. I was like, how did I do it? How can I tell, how can I answer that question in a way that um, is actionable for other people? So I, I turned the question on its head and instead of, you know, trying to answer, how did I, how did I do it? Elisa, it was more about how can you do it reader? Um, and so I started to think about, you know, not only my own experience and the lessons that I learned through my experiences, but also other women um, who've come from sort of, you know, outsider backgrounds, if you will, um, and achieved great success. And so I interviewed 10 other diverse uh, and highly successful women for the book. And through that, that journey of the book, I was able to identify 10 different lessons that all of us sort of used in order to achieve our success. And so that's how the book came to be. And the book um, wow. is Become the Fire, which basically means, you know, stop feeling like you've been thrown into the fire or burned by the fire and rather, you know, harness the strength of that fire and, you know, use it to fuel your success. Cool. Wow. So did you already know, was it like 10 women that you kind of knew and you were like, these people have to be in the book or did you kind of do research into once you decided to do the book, you were like, okay, let me find like the right women to yeah. include in this. That's a great question too. So I'm very fortunate that I have an extremely strong network and that's actually one of my tips in the book, in the book is, <clears throat> or to anybody is, you know, really to nurture your network. And I had done that over the years. So I had a really strong network, but so I kind of already knew there were certain people that I wanted to interview that I knew, but then I was able to get recommendations from other, you know, sources um, that said, you have to talk to so-and-so, you know? And so that really helped build out, um, who I, you know, identified and then talked to and then decided ultimately who to put in the book. Cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sounds, I'm inspired already and we haven't even dove, <laughs> dove into like the details, <laughs> but um, I, I want to go backwards first. I think I'm always like, how can we have this conversation in a way that's going to be easy for people to follow along? Cause now I want to talk more about the book, but first <laughs> I feel, I feel like it makes more sense to go backwards a little bit first, and then we'll come back to oh, sure. back around to the book, I think. Cause I feel like everything is, as you kind of said, like everything led up to yes. the writing of this book so right I feel like you know book without any of the other stuff exactly yeah so first of all I wanted to like just touch on the fact that it sounds like you started the first company right out of grad school you said like yeah like pretty young like how right. old were you when you first got that started if you don't mind sharing because I, I feel like that's always like a really inspiring thing too when people start a company either yeah. young or like without having a lot of other work experience I mm -hmm. personally also started my business like one year after college and um I just always find it really interesting to hear yeah. like what people's experience was before starting their business yeah or if they didn't have any <laughs> yeah so I no, I, I completely agree and it just it, it takes a lot 
So, you know, age is a really, it's, a, it's an interesting um, factor that goes into it. I was about 27 okay. um, when, when um, I parenting sort of, you know, got kicked off. And so, yeah, it was young, but it was also enough time that I had been out in the work world. I first, first of all, I was working my way through life. Like I've been working since I was 10 years old. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that work has always been for me, a source of empowerment and, um, I don't even, I'll, I'll call it joy. Like I love work and my work has always given me so much satisfaction. So, um, the, the work that I had done, um, and, you know, I had managed stores, I had worked in market research. I, you know, I had worked at a TV station because uh, my undergrad, um, major was radio, TV, film. So I worked in, in television and that gave me sort of the bug to go back to journalism school, um, and get my master's. And, and so, like, like I said, like every step along the way, um, was so important. Like everything that I did prior to starting the business was additive to my ability to start the business. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one other point is that, um, I had grown up with my, um, grandparents, having started a business they came over from Europe during you know World War II and you know landed in downstate Illinois with like no money at all but started a custom cabinet business and grew that into an extremely flourishing well-known highly regarded you know uh, company and so that had always been sort of a inspiration to me and so I, I, I you know I guess I tie that all like I said everything matters like every little experience or every little bit of, you know, exposure, it all mattered in my ability to do that. But it sounds like you started your platform more from the journal, the passion for journalism and yes. information more than the actual, yeah. maybe knowledge or experience of like how to run a business or like what Absolutely. went into running a business, which I feel like is true for a lot of us too. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where it was a need in my own life and I thought I was going to be a journalist. Um, and instead I became fixated on, you know, this sort of problem I saw it as a problem and I wanted to find a solution and I wanted to, you know, bring something to the world that not only helped, you know, other people, but also myself, I wanted to solve this problem for myself. So, um, you know, it was a really, <laughs> you know, I don't want to call it accidental, but it was, it was not you know, I didn't set out to do that. It, so that is a really sort of, you know, interesting part about the story. Well, I love it because I don't know how much you know about us and, and the, my, like my company besides this podcast, but um, after a couple of years of doing this podcast, we actually launched a magazine with kind of similar content, like entrepreneurial, like women yeah. in business stories. And it's kind of similar in that I was just like, I want more platforms like this. I want to be able to find mm -hmm. these stories. I want to also be able to, you know, place our clients in, yeah, you know, these kinds of stories where they get to really share their expertise and their experience. And like, I mean, there just aren't enough of them out there. So I was like, let's make our own. So I feel like we have so oh, smart. Common. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I think that's great what you did. And you're absolutely right when you see, and I think that's part of that entrepreneurial vision is you have to see the need in your own life. And then, like I mentioned before, like you have to go out into the marketplace and make sure that there's, you know, not only you think it's a good idea, but that there, there's actually a market for it, which you did, which is just hugely commendable. Yeah. And I also, I mean, thank you. Thank you. First of all, <laughs> um, I also 
it's just like, I feel like the other, I, I, I don't know, I guess I'm thinking like what else connected with me in terms of what you said in your story and your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not study journalism because I went to college right when everyone was like, journalism's dead. Like newspapers <laughs> are going to literally like go away or whatever, you know, it was like right on the cusp of like, I don't know, I guess, yeah, print was going a little downhill, but people didn't realize quite how much like things were going to just yeah be able to take off online and like there's still just well there's way more content out there now right yeah I feel like it's you know kind of went the other way um but right when I was in college everyone was basically like do not do journalism no matter what you do so I never did but like the I mean so I went the PR route instead which was like kind of the most similar you could get yeah in in, like a career where people made it sound like maybe you could actually like make some money or something make make a living But then it was like, yeah, that never went away kind of, right? Like I was always like, but I want to be telling these stories in a more like direct way and always had the love for that print journalism and that print medium. Um, Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, and I, you know, so far I've done almost every form of journalism. I was so lucky um, at iParenting that, you know, we, we actually did print magazines. We, um, you know, I, I had, I had a podcast even back then, um, you know, just like, and I was on, I had my own radio show in Chicago and I told you, you know, I've done TV and all kinds of things like that. So I feel like I've touched on every, and of course, digital, um, mm-hmm. which is just where I really spent the majority of my career. And I just absolutely love my passion is, you know, communication. So however I can get information to other people, like that's how I believe I was, I was put here for that reason is to, you know, make life better by sharing great content. Yeah, I love that. So you started out with print and online for the, um, right. well, it started out as just pregnancy rate, but then had to grow because people don't stay pregnant for two or two long. Yeah. Um, so what was that like, I guess, not to go into too, I mean, just because I'm like so curious, <laughs> not that we have to go into too much detail of um, all the way back then, but like, how did that actually start when you were like, okay, here's my, I know you said you did like the research and, yeah, you know, really set the foundation, but how did you really be like, okay, here's this thing. Like, how did you grow that audience and turn it into a, a business that was big enough that Walt Disney wanted to buy it? I know. Right. I mean, and that's, that's exactly the question that I, you know, strive to answer. Like, how right. did you I know we should just go read your book right now? Right. <laughs> it's it's so it's it's such a it's such a journey and that's why the lessons are so important I mean everything from you know resilience and grit and the never say die and you know the curiosity the being a maker being a creator like just all of these things um but basically you know in the early days it was just about using that sort of expertise in journalism to create great content you know, get it in front of people. And that was why, you know, the website was intended to, you know, help build an audience for the, you know, the print. And it ended up sort of just taking off because it was one of, you know, the early, we were, you know, kind of a, you know, first mover and we were able to take advantage of the fact that we were just putting really, really great content out there. And people all of a sudden were like, oh my God, you know, this, I've been starved for this. Just like I was, I felt starved for it. Um, And then, you know, so then the next thing that happened was you make decisions like, okay, should we invest in message boards, you know, and should we invest in, you know, our own domain name and not be on someone else's domain, like little decisions like that, where, you know, just, we just kept saying yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And growing this platform and, you know, basically 
um, created blogs when there was no such word as blog back then. So, and how that happened, this is a really fun story. I'll try to make it quick, but so I was pregnant with my second, um, I was my second pregnancy and I was pregnant with twins, identical twins. And I was, um, hospitalized because I, the, I went into preterm labor. And so I, you know, being the face of, and the voice of our brand, you know, I would kind of like give updates to the community as much as I could. Cause everyone was like, Oh my gosh, Elisa's in the hospital, you know, like, and so I'd get all these emails from people checking up on me, which was the sweetest thing in the world, but I couldn't respond to every single email, you know, in my hotel, in my hotel room, in my hospital room, you know, my, with my laptop on my belly, you can just picture like this, you know, <laughs> pregnant, massively pregnant woman trying to respond to all these emails. And so I said, there has to be a better way. So I, I had been keeping a pregnancy journal and um, we decided to put those online in, you know, kind of what we called a pregnancy diary. Mm-hmm. And then people could all read, you know, here's what happened today with me and the twins in the hospital. And then they could leave, you know, comments. And then I could interact with the community like that, that, is what we know today as a blog mm-hmm. back then <laughs> was no such thing. So we basically started blogging and then not only my blog, but we had other people want to do it. So they said, Oh my gosh, can I keep a pregnancy, you know, diary? And can I do a parenting of, you know, about my newborn baby, you know, diary. So all of a sudden we had all of these, you know, users creating basically user generated content. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sharing it with their friends and family all around the world. So it just became, you know, part of our growth. And I love to share that story because, um, you know, that's just, again, a personal need that drove, you know, massive growth for our website. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cool. It sounds <laughs> like you just kind of like said yes to all the ideas and opportunities that came yeah. away and everything yeah. like was needed by others. If it, if you, if it was something you were interested in or felt like you needed it was also right. needed by others. Right. You, you listen to your users and what do they want and how, to, you know, what can serve them better. Um, and if it makes sense and you want to invest in it, then you invest. And then you hope that, you know, that you're right. You're placing bets. And I think that's what entrepreneurs do a lot of. They are taking, you know, calculated risks. Um, they are weighing risk versus reward. Um, and ultimately, you know, making these decisions that they hope will pay off in terms of, you know, growth, whether that means user growth or, um, you know, revenue growth or, you know, any, the, any combination. I've got to ask too, kind of more, on, more, more personally, sort of, but do you remember like the first company that decided to like advertise with your website or like sponsor or spend money in any way that like monetized the site? Oh my gosh. I have the best story that this is in the book, but I'll try not to, again, make it too long. But yeah. So remember I told you when we started the pregnancy website and then I realized quickly that, you know, I gave birth to my baby and I'm like, oh my God, all my users are going to give birth too. And so I'm going to lose my users because they're, you know, there's, they're done with pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I need a baby website. And so as I was um, trying to figure out how to build that out, um, you know, in terms of capital, um, I started thinking about, you know, sponsorships and things like that. And I reached out to a a car company that had sent me a, um, press release about car seat safety. And they wanted me to write about, you know, the car seat safety and how, you know, their company was, was, um, helping to lead the way. Mm -hmm. And so instead I turned around and pitched them, you know, to become a sponsor of my new baby website. 
and boom, you know, and that's how I got, I was able to fund the, you know, the launch of my next um, website. So it was, we ended up going from pregnancy today to babies today, to toddlers today, children today. We ended up having just, you know, about 40 different websites under this iParenting umbrella. Oh so I know that's oh. <laughs> crazy, but yeah, <laughs> I like to share that story because it's, it's um, a story about, you know, uh, being scrappy, you know, um, looking at what's around you for resources and, uh, you know, again, taking a risk and putting yourself out there. Cause you, you know, if you don't ask, you'll never know. And more often than not, I have found that when you have a really good, um, you know, product, which I believed I did, and you have a really, you know, solid offering, why not ask? All they can say is no, right. But they might say yes. Yes. I love that. I feel like I say that all the time to people too. They love that. It's so true. I mean, it's so true. The no is not going to hurt you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh, when you went, when it got, was acquired, was that something where they approached you or were you like looking at that time to be like, okay, what's the next step? Like, I want to move on from this and do something else or how did that? Right. Well, it was a really, that's an interesting part of the journey too, because we, uh, when okay the whole dot-com boom I'm now I know that I can I can talk to you about this everybody knows about this but I, I, hate, I hate dating myself but uh, <laughs> the whole dot-com boom was you know a really really interesting time because so many you know dot-coms were trying to go public and so they were trying to get big fast and things like that so actually the first offer for the company came during that period which was super early okay. um and just wasn't the right timing and just not interested. So kept building and building and building. And so then, you know, several years later, you know, after the wreckage of the dot-com bust and companies that didn't have solid business models, you know, had all sort of crashed and burned, you know, who was left standing. And of course, iParenting was doing well because it had been built, you know, with a good business model. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and it just kept getting, you know, recognition so we were named best of the web by u.s news and world report and um other you know newsweek and the london times and you know organizations like that just kept on kind of singling us out as being the best parenting site and so that just kept us on the radar and so we just started getting phone calls and as you know companies want to grow bigger you know mergers and acquisitions are a great way to do that um, so yeah, we just were, we're fortunate and that's something that I encourage, you know, people to, that are interested in, you know, selling their business or, you know, if they're interested in growing their business, either way, looking at, you know, merging with another company or acquiring a company, you know, or selling your company, those are all really, really cool, interesting, um, ways to, to sort of move, move your business in either way, you know, whether you're the one buying or you're the one selling. Yeah. <clears throat> And I'm, I imagine it give you, well, so, so then, I mean, first of all, congratulations. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I know you've kind of, this was a little while ago by now and you've totally moved on, but that sounds just like, it's so amazing. Like the ultimate kind of um, recognition and um, like, I don't know, it, kudos to you for <laughs> creating you. a business that several people, like that people were offering to buy, like something more Thank than you. one too. Yeah, that no, it was really fun. <laughs> So then, but did you know that after that you were going to want to like start another website? Like, did you think that, okay, I will sell this, like, this is a great offer and a great, it will be a great experience, but also 
I want to still do it again? Or did you think you were going to like maybe stop and do something else or shift gears at all or something? Or were there any, and were there any like rules around that? Like, okay, we're going to be acquired. Well, I know you said you worked at Disney for a little bit in between. So there was time there, but were there any rules like, okay, but then you can't like go out and start like a competing website or a brand or something like that. And I know that your, your current website is different, but was there anything like that? Yeah. So, you know, I, I did not have a plan um, because I, at the time was going through a very difficult divorce and things were really rough um, personally. So, you know, I really, I want to take a step back and really just say that while this sounds like such a, you know, fairy tale, it was extremely stressful. Mm -hmm. It was extremely difficult. It was, um, you know, I mentioned, I've used the word grit a bunch of times, perseverance, you know, all of those things were absolutely vital to get through it. And so, like I said, well, it sounds like such a fairy tale, especially because it's Disney and you're thinking about Cinderella Castle and all that yeah. stuff. And I talk about that in the book, actually. Um, you know, trust me when I tell you it was not easy and it was um, something that, you know, I don't know if I would like to do again, to be honest, it was really rough, but, um, but it was also, you know, one of the most incredible moments of my life. So, uh, you know, I guess with any, um, journey it's, you're going to have your ups, your, you know, ups and downs and highs and lows. And I certainly have had all of those. So, um, so yeah, when I was, you know, in that mode, I was just kind of like hunkering down and trying to get through. And then when I lifted my head after the storm, so to speak, I, you know, realized kind of, you know what, I do have another business in me. And so it took some time, this, you know, it was all a process, it took time, it was this was over years, um, not days or weeks or months, it was years of, you know, sort of getting to that next place where I was ready to start another business. And, um, you know, trying to do it. I write a lot about this in the book because it was, again, it was super hard. I was a single mom. I was trying to figure out how to launch a, you know, successful startup with all of the challenges that single moms go through. I also was having severe health challenges. And so there were times, so many times when I was like, I'm going to give up, you know, this is just too much. And like, what are you thinking? You know, all those things that can hold you back or make you quit. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's a lot about, you know, the story that I tell and become the fire because, you know, it felt so much like the fire was burning me. Right. But instead the fire was forging me. And every time I went through a difficult experience or another challenge or another fire, I just came out stronger. And so I was able to keep going, to keep building. And, you know, 30 seconds, I'm so grateful that it is where it is. You know, we're, we're, you know, serving millions of unique users a month now that the business is thriving. We were selected by Google to represent the state of Illinois in its economic impact report last year. So there's just really, you know, I don't want to start getting emotional on you, but my goodness, it's just, you know, it's been a road. And so, yeah, that's, that's where I, I sit with you today, just trying to, um, reflect on all of the the journey and the book being sort of my give back because I've you know you know sort of done and been through so much and learned so much I just wanted to put it all in one place so that you know people could pick it up and then I could answer that question for them you know here's how you can do it and that's and that's the goal yeah I love that 
I feel like that's a great segue into like just hearing more about what the process of putting together the book was. Um, not oh well, actually, I guess I guess because we just kind of got to like, and then you started thirty seconds.com, so which I know now you've been doing for a little while. So before you tell me about the process of the book, I was just super curious, like what does your actual day to day look like now? Since you're probably in a, you know, in a very different stage with this company and like what is your role look like at this point in your career I'm curious about and then I want to hear about like and how did you you know put spend the time to put together the book yeah no the the so the business is you know amazing I mentioned you know our growth and sort of these fun milestones and things um so that's you know my day-to-day basically consists of running the business um and then you know now the whole book uh, project is almost like another business. Right. Um, it's, it's, so it's kind of like having two businesses right now. Um, well, that's what I was kind of wondering. I'm like, are you still like writing at all with 30seconds.com or are you kind of like running the business so much that you were like, okay, I want to get back to like putting words on the page. Like, that's kind of what I was curious about. Yeah. If it was like that. Yeah. I, I love writing for 30 seconds, even if it's just like sharing a recipe um, that brings me joy. Um, if I, you know, make something cause baking is kind of my therapy. Um, I love to bake. I love to garden. Um, so I, I like to write about things that, um, make my life better. So in the hopes that they make other people's lives better. So I do try to write, um, on 30 seconds as mu- much as I can, but as you know, being, you know, that leading a company, there's just so much else that goes into it from, you know, managing the tech stack and from managing the, you know, the strategy and, you know, growth and all of these things that it's hard to do, you know, everything, even though the writing is probably what gives me the most joy. Like I would love to just do that all day long, but I can't. Um, So yeah, so it's hard, but the book gave me this opportunity to sort of pour my passion for writing into one place, but it was also one of the hardest things I've ever done, to be honest. Again, it's like that thing, right, that we talked about where um, no journey is ever easy. Like anything that's good that you, you know, that you want to pour your heart into to make sure that it's a really good thing takes so much effort. And so that's why I think a lot of people, you know, either give up or, you know, delay it or or whatever, because it's, it's just, so hard. Um, so yeah, I did that for um, a year or two, d- depending on kind of how you look at the kind of the focusing on the, the book project of just intense, um, you know, focus and, and, uh, and it was hard. I'm lucky that I have a great team at 30 seconds mm-hmm. that is able to, to help me. Otherwise I could never have done it. You know, it's really, it's enormous amount of work. Yeah. And what did that look like when you were like, okay, actually I'm going to, I'm going to do this book project. Like, did you look for, um, you know, I mean, we already touched on the people, the other women that you included in the book, but in terms of like the actual process, like, did you look for an editor? Did you like go, how do you think about like publishing? Mm -hmm. Did you kind of go to put together a team to help you with all of that stuff too? Or did, was that also like kind of a, a natural, I feel like everything that you've done was kind of in like a natural next step with like a, a connection that you knew or someone in your network <laughs> or, but I'm, but I'm curious. Cause I feel like that's also yeah. something that trips people up, you know, some people are yeah. in me, but like, I don't know how I would make that. Right. Happen. You know, I will, I will give some major props to my other alma mater, which is the university of Wisconsin, Madison, because um, they had writing workshops that they were offering. And I just decided to attend one that was mm-hmm. called something like, you know, 
you know, how to write your book or how to write your book proposal or something like that. And I thought, well, I'm going to go do that, you know, take a step. And that's one of the, my pieces of advice that I tell people is like, if you have a dream or if you have a goal, but you're so overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, take one step, you know, one step, whatever it is, like whether it's talking to somebody or taking a class or volunteering, you know what I mean? Like journaling, whatever it is, take one step because as soon as you take one step, that leads to other steps. And that's exactly what happened with me in the book. I had this dream. I had this vision to write this book. Didn't know much at all about the book publishing industry because I'd been in digital. Um, and so going to this writing workshop at my alma mater, you know, they just invite alumni to attend these things. So I did. And I met the, you know, the instructor who was super awesome. And you know, she read my proposal, she loved it. And, and she said, you know, uh, let me sort of, you know, give you the step, next steps. And she did. Wow. And so, you know, you just, you, you take that, you know, mentorship, if you will, um, wherever you can find it. And then that led to the next step and the next step. And then, you know, then I had an agent. And then after you have an agent, then things, you know, the agent sort of drives the, um, you know, where are we going to, you know, get, get you a publisher and that kind of thing. And so, um, it's all a series of steps, but you just, it just starts with the first one. Yeah. It's like putting yourself into the situations that, that are going to help. Yeah. Get you in front of the right people or the people mm-hmm. who will know something else to do or, or where you'll see what that next step could be. Exactly. <clears throat> That's really great. So, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. I feel like time is, time is coming <laughs> up, but <laughs> tell people, yeah. I guess, is there anything else about the book? Like that I'm not asking like any, just anything else about the process or what it's been like, or any like tidbit from the book that you'd want to make sure that we look yeah. at if, when we buy the book. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, the important thing that I was trying to convey is this whole sense of you can do this. Um, because I think so many want to be entrepreneurs or authors or, you know, whatever it is that your goal is can get stuck by whether they feel imposter syndrome or, you know, they just have self-doubt, whatever that is that holds them back. Um, you know, they think, oh gosh, I'm, you know, not qualified or I don't have the right education or the background or whatever. I feel like, you know, this is the book for that person because it's, it tells us kind of a bunch of underdog stories, if you will. Um, you know, no one really came from this background that you think, oh, they're automatically going to be successful. Um, it's, it's a, it's a bunch of sort of self-made people, um, and they're all diverse. They come from different backgrounds. I wanted to make sure that, you know, if people didn't identify with me, there was someone else in the book that they could identify with, um, and say, oh, I can see myself in that person. Cause, um, there's this great, you know, quote, it's not mine, but, um, you know, one of the women in my book says, you cannot be what you cannot see. So I thought that was so insightful, right? Like we have to put more role models out there of different backgrounds so that people can see themselves in different, um, you know, success stories and then go for it and achieve their own success. And that's what Become the Fire is all about. Love it. Yeah, that sounds so great. (laughs) I feel like, so that can be inspiring for really any 
a business owner, any woman in business, I mean, it doesn't sound like you necessarily even have to be a woman, but that's what most of our listeners are. Yeah, um, absolutely. And maybe even anyone not, like not necessarily in business, but I mean, I guess part of the title is and personal success, right? Mm-hmm. So it really could yeah. be applicable to anyone kind of going through. Yeah, things like I that. think it's really just about, you know, changing your mindset and, and deciding that whatever it is in your life. So in my life, it was, you know, building these businesses or, you know, um, you know, finding happiness and joy and in sort of, you know, helping others, like whatever the it is in your own life. For me, it was, you know, building a business or making life better for other people, finding solutions. You know, I hope that this book gives you the motivation and the inspiration to understand that you you really can do it and that you will go for it. Awesome. I feel like that's such a great place I wish we could just be like, okay, perfect, done. <laughs> like ending note. <laughs> but tell us, like, tell us first where you can, where can people find the book? Obviously, they can order on Amazon. I mean, that's what I saw. Um, is that where do you direct people to to go? Yeah, the book is available. You know, at, at various bookstores and online, whether it's Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Indie Indie Bound, which is a great you know place to support independent bookstores. Um, it's also, you know, you can find more information about the book on my website, which is becomethefire.com. I also have an author website, which is elisaschmitz.com. And, uh, you know, lastly, you know, we've been talking about 30seconds.com. That's, I, I hang out there too. So please feel free to connect in any of those ways. Awesome. Wait, I always ask, sorry, not to go back on you, but mm-hmm. I always ask, is there um, anything you wish you had known more about when you first started your first business? Wow. That before I let you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it would have been good to know how hard the journey was going to be. Um, I think it would have been, you know, I, I don't know that it would have changed my mind. Uh, I still would have done it, but you know, it was it, it, when you are an entrepreneur, you know, everything is on your shoulders and that's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, it's all on you. I personally loved the feeling of this is all up to me. I had this quote that I was always, again, it's not mine, but it was always resonating in my head, which is if it is to be, it is up to me. So I would always say that to myself, you know, if you want to make this happen, you have to do it. Like you, you know, certainly I had a team, but I was, you know, leading that team. And so I, you know, and, and continue to today. So, you know, anything that it's going to happen. Basically it's on your shoulders and that the weight of that is very heavy. And so that's why entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, but for me, you know, it is my path. It is the only way that I can imagine, you know, running, running my career. Yeah. I love that. Any last word of advice before we wrap it up? You know, I, I think that it's, it's, it's really, it's about courage um, it's about, you know, weighing the risk and the reward and deciding that what you want is kind of more powerful. It matters more to you than the fear you might feel of going after what you want. So I always kind of tell people to exercise. You know, this is kind of funny, but exercise your courage muscle and make it stronger by, you know, taking steps and doing small things that you can accomplish and then build your way up to doing bigger things that may seem daunting. So, you know, for example, if, you know, you're a mom, you could start by planning, you know, kids activities, and then you could volunteer to run a fundraiser for the school or, you know, whatever. And pretty soon you're tackling these really big projects and, 
And, you know, starting a business might not seem like such a daunting task. And then the other tip is if you are interested in starting a business, but you don't want to, you know, leave your full-time job or you don't, you know, want to leave your kids, you want to be able to stay at home. I always encourage people to start a side hustle first because side hustle is, you know, sort of a way to test drive a concept or a business idea, you know, with, with a little bit less risk. So maybe you're investing less time, you're investing less money, but you're still able to, you know, put your foot into that world and see if it's going to work before you decide to, you know, take that leap into entrepreneur, uh, you know, full-time entrepreneurship. Yeah. Great. I love that. Uh, I love that first quote you said too. I already forgot what it was, but I'm definitely going to go back and listen. (laughs) Write that down. Uh, Yeah. I love it. So good. Thank you for for sharing all of this with us. I feel like this was such a great conversation. I hope everyone's inspired to go after their dreams and go buy your book and everything and check out 30seconds.com and and just connect with you more. So thank you so, so much for coming on here. Just tell us again, really quick, the websites that people can find you just so we have that at the very end. Sure. Um, Please, you know, visit me at becomethefire.com or alisaschmitz.com. That would be wonderful. Awesome. And we'll put all the links to the show notes and the book and everything too. So thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing all of this with us today. Thank you for having me. It was really just so much fun. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, wherever you listen. So you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes. So other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes or online at quotablemediaco.com podcast. If you want to join the community of other female millennial entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group by searching female millennial entrepreneurs on Facebook. Talk to you soon and see you there.